Hi, thanks for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. I'm your host, Doug Draper with the Denver Transportation Club. And today we have a phenomenal guest with us. We're gonna talk about uptime. And we usually talk about um, systems and uh, processes to keep things up and running. But one thing that we for, uh, forgot to really bring attention is people, right? That's the catalyst for, for uptime. And so today's episode, we're gonna focus on uh, the people aspect of uh, workforce development and maintaining that uptime. So super excited, really glad to have our, ho our, our guest today. It's Wayne um, Cassio. He is a distinguished professor emeritus, which means he's officially in retirement mode. Uh, he's with the business school at University of Colorado, Denver. And Wayne, I could just spend 10 minutes talking about all your accomplishments over the, uh, uh, over the years, but the cool thing is you've been an author, uh, an award-winning researcher, and this is pretty cool. So most recently, a 2020 recipient, I wanna make, make sure I get this right, so I'm gonna read it, of the Ulrich Impact Award for the HR Division of the Academy Management for Career Research. Uh, that ties theory to practical application. I may have uh, butchered that up a little bit. You got but, it, uh, you got it just fine. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> So that, that is a, a long uh, award for our audience to know. You know what you're talking about on this topic. And we can't thank you enough for, for joining us today. Um, sure, Doug. So it's got, a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks. So we'll just kind of jump into it because when people hear about the uh, pandemic and what's going on in the world, it's almost a dichotomy of you know, a little bit of doom and gloom that every business is, is really struggling to, to stay afloat. But on the other side, there's, there are businesses that are thriving um, during this pandemic. And that may be kind of counterintuitive to what most of our audience uh, would think. And so you have a great perspective on kind of that dichotomy and, and why that may be. So I think that'd be a great question to start our show. Sure. Good, Doug. Uh, thank you. Uh, the, the effects of the pandemic have really been uneven uneven, really uh, just causing some industries to fight for survival and others are, are booming and can't grow fast enough. And if we look at, for example, some of the ones that are that are in trouble, uh, airlines is a great example. Uh, after the government support ran out on October 1st, they had more than 100,000 layoffs uh, across the airline industry, domestic airline industry in the U.S. Oil, another one because people aren't driving as much. Uh, certainly the hospitality industry has been very hard hit. Uh, hotels, taking business trips, restaurants, bars, a lot of these are, are very familiar to, uh, to your listeners, but there are some that are actually booming. And a good example of that is uh, Zoom video conferences. In, in February of this year, they had 10 million daily users. Now it's over 400 million daily users. Uh, movie streaming is another one. Netflix subscribers have been growing like crazy. Amazon Prime Video. Uh, home delivery and e-commerce are, are big winners, big winners. You know, we've seen Amazon absolutely thriving under this. Another is uh, online fitness. Uh, personal computers, because more people are connecting from home, working from home, and they need more of those things. So those are just a, a couple of industries, just a few industries that are, are struggling and doing well, and mm -hmm. others doing well. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Now, whenever you have businesses that are growing, 
uh, and contracting, um, humans come into play and you're either growing your workforce or you're shrinking your workforce. And, and I know that there was um, some research you were involved with where it's over 4,000 different uh, Fortune 500 companies. And, and you kind of dialed in with like six key factors that leadership needs to look at to make decisions on hiring or, or letting go some of their workforce. Um, talk a little bit about those six bullet points um, sure. to our audience. Sure. I did the Doug. This was a cross-disciplinary research with a couple of finance professors. And uh, we looked at 37 years worth of data from the New York Stock Exchange. And it turns out the same six factors that forecast when a company will downsize also forecast when they'll upsize. And, uh, and those six factors, the, the number one most important is company performance. How are you doing? How are you doing now? How did you do last year? The second is what we call managerial foresight. What managers expect to happen going forward? Uh, and for that, we looked at whether they were uh, increasing their dividends or decreasing their dividends. A third is uh, the state of the economy. Uh, because a, a well-performing economy discourages downsizing. And as you know, right now with the pandemic, we are not in a well-performing economy and it encourages downsizing, layoffs, selling off assets. A fifth factor is, uh, is uh, political uncertainty. And certainly it, following the election in the United States, we've got a, a lot of political uncertainty. And uh, that discourages restructuring as well. Uh, another factor is what's going on in your industry? What are your competitors doing? Because firms have a tendency to try to imitate what the best performers in their industries are doing. Right? And the last one is, uh, is technology. And typically when firms invest in new technology, for example, robots on the floor of a warehouse, uh, you need fewer people. And that encourages downsizing. Mm -hmm. So those are the six predictors, and they forecast very accurately who's going to downsize or upsize. Yeah. Just enlisting those six, in my mind, I was thinking just checking the boxes on all those things. Political uncertainty, check. Challenging economy, check. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that validates uh, the importance of, of those six. So. Yeah, company um, performance, industries that are hard hit, you know, nobody's taking cruise lines for ex cruises, for example, you know, they've got to lay off people to survive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I guess taking a, a flip to the positive side and, and focusing on some of the industries that are, are seeing some success. Um, one of the things that we talked about off air was, you know, kind of about recruitment, uh, retention and, and training, you know, the, the standard uh, procedure for hiring is send out a blast on uh, um, on some websites, take resumes, meet with people face to face, and obviously that's not uh, happening nowadays. So, talk about how things have changed and how you recruit, and then after that we can talk a little bit about how you how you train folks now differently in a remote environment. Mm -hmm. Recruiting has changed pretty dramatically, uh, especially with the work from home movement now, and uh, we're seeing. People do a, a, a drive-through recruiting where they might send in online an application and then be invited to come to the workplace, but they never get out of their cars. The recruiters come out to them and interview them, <laughs> do their job interviews while the 
while the candidate is still behind the wheel. Uh, that's one thing. But yeah. another are uh, virtual job fairs. Instead of going to a job fair that might be run by a by a university or an employer's council, uh, you can do that online now. And what that's done is really expand um, the group of people that you can hire from. And so we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing in terms of uh, staffing, um, obviously uh, more video interviews. You know, that used to be very rare that you would do a video interview and not meet somebody in person. Today, that's becoming common. You know, uh, there's so many career development workshops that used to teach students or job candidates how to interview. And uh, now they've got to really rethink that in terms of how to interview via video, (laughs) how to interview via video. So we're seeing a lot of that. more and more jobs are being advertised as fully remote, fully remote jobs. And that's new. We've, we've never seen that before. More companies are trying to streamline the hiring process. Uh, and, and that's probably a good thing. You know, get rid of a lot of, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, at Google, uh, it used to take an average of about 12 to 15 interviews to get hired. And uh, Google, did a study. And what it found was that if you got the right people in the room doing the interview, once you get beyond five interviews, you're not getting any new information. So what they were able to do is reallocate 10,000 hours of of engineering staff time uh, away from interviews and back to the kind of work that engineers typically do. Mm -hmm. It's just one quick example of something that's that the uh, the pandemic has really forced companies to take a look at yeah. the whole hiring process. Yeah, it's almost like a, a badge of honor. Um, you think back. Um, well, my company interviews twelve times, and my company interviews fifteen <laughs> times, right? But I think you're spot on. I mean, yeah. you can talk to a person five, you know, even three or four times, and you're you're going to really understand the type of individual that they are. And the one point you brought up that um, is a true positive is getting access to talent that's not in your backyard, you bet. right? You can find people uh, in different parts of the country or even the world that would you be bet. the right fit. And that's the ultimate goal, finding the right fit. So Sure. Yeah, we're seeing for people who work in tech companies more and more move to big cities and into locations where they really want to be because it doesn't matter where they are for that kind of work, you know? And that's yeah. a, it's also a retention tool because it gives people a lot more flexibility and they like that kind of a schedule instead of having to go to work every day on a standard nine to five. Yeah. So let me, so here, here's the next question uh, on that. So we found the right candidate. We, we met this individual in the car and we had a handful <laughs> of interviews, um, you know, uh, o- over Zoom and, and, and video cast. Now we got to train them. Right. That's the one thing that that I could see. So all the fun stuff's over. Now we got to get to business and train this individual on on their job functions. What type of training um, uh, procedures have you seen that have evolved? They're a little bit different because we're not touching. We're not seeing anybody. It's virtual. So talk to us about some of the training techniques now. Yeah. Well, you know, there have been a a number of this is a trend, uh, Dave, that's been happening over the last few years in the sense that we are seeing more and more e-learning, e-learning and less classroom presentation. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, companies like uh, uh, LinkedIn Learning or uh, Udemy, there's a whole variety of co- of companies that are offering e-learning. But from the from from the employee side, this is what employees want. They want opportunities to keep learning, keep growing, keep developing. And the reason is that they know they're not going to be working for the same company their whole careers. And they want to have up-to-date skills that they can they can peddle in the marketplace if it becomes necessary. So there's huge demand from the supply side as well as the demand side in terms of for this kind of uh, virtual learning, e-learning training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I could see you made a fun comment that when I started my career, um, if you jobbed uh, bounced around, it was looked uh, down upon. Like, I'm not sure we want to, you know, hire this candidate. He's had three or four jobs in his career. But almost nowadays, in this day and age, uh, that really shows the entrepreneurial spirit of of, of uh, employees and kind of their willingness to continue to push the envelope for themselves. And, and that ultimately is going to bring benefit to the organization. Well, you get an infusion of new ideas, new perspectives. It's not all bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we are talking with uh, Wayne Cassio. He's a professor emeritus at uh, University of Colorado, Denver. Uh, and we're talking about leading in a post-pandemic workplace. It's quite a mouthful there, and the topic's pretty, pretty amazing. A <laughs> um, couple of key words that have bounced around in, in some of our conversations. Uh, one is remote workforce, and another one is contact-free workplace. Right. Um, those are kind of buzzwords. Every industry and every situation likes buzzwords. But those two specifically talk a little bit about what those actually mean. Sure. Great. Great question, Doug. Um, <clears throat> first of all, uh, you know, we, it, it's important to know what employees want when they get back to work. And when we talk about the contact free workplace, you know, we're not, we all grew up. When we met a straight or we met a new person, we would shake hands, and that's not okay now. We bump elbows, we you know, we bump right. fists, but we don't shake hands anymore, and uh, so we're moving towards contact free, and, uh, and and that applies. We're seeing it a lot in retail, in retail where the cashier never never handles a um, a credit card anymore. Uh, it's contact free. But this is built on the idea of social distancing measures um, and, uh, and detailed uh, clean protocols for cleaning the workplace, keeping workers separate. Um, for example, taking temperatures before people come into work. It's part of this contact free. When we talk about people working remotely, we're saying, you don't go to the um, to the office that you used to report to or drive to work to every day, and uh, you're working from home or some other location. You know, it, it used to be a Starbucks that you'd be you'd be working from uh, to be working remotely, but today uh, we try to avoid around other people, and that's what the remote work means. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing it alone, probably from your house. Yeah, yeah. So that begs the next question. This is for all the old school people that are watching our show today, (laughs) right? So how do I know, so I'm a manager, how do I know that the employee I just hired is doing their job when I can't walk into their office or um, audit what they're doing? They're telling me they're working. 
how do I know? And how do I make sure that they're um, providing value for my company? So what, uh, what are your thoughts when people say that? It's a really good question. And, uh, you know, millennials have, have wanted for years to be judged based on what they produce. They judge me based on my results rather than how much time I spend in the office. Um, and, and that's the real challenge, especially for managers who have been around for a while that are used to supervising every day in a traditional office environment. It's very hard to shift their mindset from managing based on whether people are at their desks and they look like they're working to managing based on what they produce. So if they're going to be able to do that, they've got to do three things well. The first one is they've got to be crystal clear about what they expect. What does the delivery look like? You know, what do you want? What do I expect? And what do you want me to produce? I need to have a clear idea of that as an employee. The second is from the management perspective, uh, that person's got to uh, help me be a resource in any way that he or she can to eliminate obstacles to getting my work done. Now, that might mean making sure I get my lunch delivered at home so I don't have to try to uh, take care of that and feed kids and things at lunchtime. Uh, it could be as simple as that. Uh, but the main thing is the uh, manager needs to be a facilitator and and remove obstacles that get in the way of the employee being able to deliver what you want them to do. And once they actually do deliver, uh, the next step is to follow up with rewards right on the spot. Many companies are using spot awards where they might give them a, a gift certificate. Um, and, it, you know, it could be to a uh, an online merchant. For example, these days, it would be to an online It used to be to go to a restaurant. But, uh, but some kind of reward that says, hey, I really appreciate what you did. You listened, you produced, and here's the reward for doing it. And those are the kinds of things that uh, man every manager can do. Be clear about what you want. Try to remove obstacles that get in the way of your people delivering and producing, and then rewarding them when they do deliver and produce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, all, all good points. You know, it's, it's nothing like a, uh, uh, a pandemic to accelerate trends into warp speed. And, and what, I mean, what I mean by that is that, yeah. you know, we, we've gone and talked about remote working and, and how that is. And I think people have slowly adapted it. But I tell you what, I think we've leapt forward five years in the last six months related to the acceptance of that type of, uh, of work environment. So now that we've just kicked it into warp speed, we're being forced to kind of uh, uh, work and, and live in a different world. Not all bad. There's a lot of good things that we're talking about. Where do you see things five years out, right? There is going to be some, um, uh, some, some calmness in, in the storm, so to speak, and there will be people that want to go back in the office. So talk about what it looks like five years out in, in, in the workforce. Yeah, I mean, a good question. And, and remote work isn't for everybody. Some people just need a lot of structure. You know? mm -hmm. uh, not everybody can work from their couch. And so what we expect to see is that it's going to be a hybrid. It'll be a hybrid. Uh, more and more people will probably work on mix and match schedules. They might do two days in the office and three days at home, for example. Uh, there will be some, there, there are some people that, that just have to be at work 
Uh, you know, if you're running a retail store, you don't have any have any choice. You have to have people there. Uh, but for many other work, millions of other workers, we're going to see uh, continued uh, remote working. People like the idea of being to being able to live wherever they want and still be able to work for a company, perhaps a big company, without having to move to a major city. So we're going to continue to see that. But we're also going to see some, uh, I'd like to share with you a couple of, of uh, new job titles that we expect to see. All right. <laughs> uh, one will be a, uh, uh, a work from home facilitator. <laughs> work from home facilitator. There'll be a, a, a second act coach, second act coach. This is for retirees, older people who want to start over again and maybe pursue another line of work. Uh, we'll see that. Um, we'll see a director of well-being, you know, and this means not just your physical, but your mental and social and financial as well. And we'll, we'll probably see some of that. Uh, we'll also, I'll just give you one more. Yeah. Uh, distraction prevention coach <laughs> would be another one. But, you know, all of this stems from the fact that uh, people are not going to go back to working in the same way that they did before the pandemic hit. The, the, many of these changes are, are going to be for the long term. And we need to, the sooner we adjust to that, the better off we're going to be. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think there's a lot of positive value that's come out of, uh, of the pandemic and, and ultimately uh, effective, happy and productive employees is what every company wants. And that's going to equate to a, a very positive bottom line. So um, sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been really informative. And uh, it's been a great, great perspective on what's going out there in the workforce. Good, Doug. And, I, and I'd like to thank our audience for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. Of course, it's brought to you by Cap Logistics, and you can learn all about their business and services at caplogistics.com. Please like and subscribe to the channel, and obviously vis visit caplogistics.com. Again, uh, Wayne, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Doug.